With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Truman's Town Hall with your host, Matt Truman. Hello, hello, this is Matt Truman. Thank you for downloading this episode. Thank you for sharing with a friend. And Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to all. Well, it's 2023 and we're beginning, what is this? This is the seventh year of Truman's Town Hall. We started out in 2016 talking exclusively about the city of Huber Heights. We'll still probably touch on Huber Heights from time to time. But we're also going to talk about a whole lot of different things. Uh, I'll just say right off the bat, Sunday, 9.45 p.m., YouTube at Matt Doc Truman, Rumble at Matt Doc Truman, Waylon Fortner over there on Facebook. Yeah, we're going to do a live broadcast, The Rooster and Doc Sunday Night Live. I hope you guys join us. We're going to talk about a whole litany of things. We're going to talk about God, current events, whatever comes up. And we want you to be a part of the podcast. So if you want to be a part of the podcast, to come on and have a conversation about whatever, truepodcast at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. I'll send you a code. You come on. We're just going to discuss things. I believe what we're going to start off with is maybe on this Sunday is a little current event stuff. There's a lot of things going on, and we'll talk about some of that here on this podcast. But we're also going to talk about baptism. So you might want to tune in. It'll be a good one. Have you guys been watching the the United States Speaker of the House debate on who's going to be our next speaker here in the United States? I, I certainly have. I've been paying attention. Uh, one person stood out, Dan Crenshaw. He's a, a congressman-elect, right? He's, uh, he's been there before. This isn't his first rodeo. I believe this is his uh, sophomore year as a congressman. Former Navy SEAL. He got blown up, and he wears an iPad. He's pretty recognizable. But anyway, he had these words to say about the McCarthy debate versus the freedom caucus right you got mccarthy on one side the freedom caucus and recently the chair of the freedom caucus jumped over and voted for mccarthy and he might get it he might not let's not let it get to the democrats 
All, all this conversation is happening. But I'm going to play you just a little bit of Neil Cavuto and Dan Crenshaw talking about the uh, the Freedom Caucus folks who are standing back not voting for McCarthy. Let's check that out. Dan Crenshaw has had enough of this. The Texas uh, you know, Republican congressman-elect uh, had been wanting to see out of his 20 colleagues who are hell-set against uh, Kevin McCarthy just what they wanted. Uh, he put it far more colorfully than I just did. He's kind enough to join us now. Congressman-elect, good to see you. Thank you to see you, too. Thanks for having me. Are you running out of patience with your colleagues? Oh, we ran out of patience a long time ago, but th- th- this is what it is. Um, this is a democracy. It's messy. People disagree. Uh, but what I think voters and Americans want to see from their politicians when they disagree is disagreement in good faith. You should stand for something, right? If, if you're going to hold the line, you should stand for something. You should say, this is why I'm holding the line. But, you know, you know as well as I do that when you ask this, these 20 holdouts, what are you holding the line for? They give you very vague statements. They say, well, you know, it's to make this place work better. We're tired of the swamp. We're tired of the status quo. It's like they're on the campaign trail just screaming slogans that their consultants told them to say. Meanwhile, they're fundraising off of this. Everybody's getting fundraising emails from these people. And let me say this to the American public right now. Do not donate to these fundraising campaigns. They don't need the money for this. Okay, There's, there's no reason that their campaign needs money. Um, and it's, 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 it's actually just really immoral for them to be doing that. Um, if you ask them what they want, they can't articulate it. A lot of what they've wanted, some of which has been in very good faith and has been negotiated and talked about and agreed upon. If you go up to a lot of them right now, they can't tell you. Some of them can. Some of them are indeed working in good faith. Uh, but a lot of them are not. And I think it's just for attention and it's, and it's really disheartening. It doesn't mean progress is not getting made. Uh, these votes will continue. They'll adjourn. They'll go back to some talks. Obviously, you've seen some some concessions come uh, just last night. And that's good. That's progress in the right direction. But what's increasingly frustrating is some people have said, some of the holdouts have said, well, this is the one thing we want. And then they get, and then they get it. And then they're like the dog that caught the bone. They don't know what to do. Well, I'm still against them. Why? Well, I don't know. It's about trust. Some vague idea of trust. And I said, you know what? If you came up here and thought that, that the currency of politics was trust, you're crazy. So they don't trust that the rules will be abided by. And I'm like, you don't even know how this place works. You can vote on the rules every single time. If people want to change the rules for you know, a given bill, you can vote against it. You don't have to rely on trust. We have actually come together already and built a very good system that changes the way this place works, the way they claim they want to see it. But it's not enough. And so we're found wondering, what is it you actually want? What is the end game? Just one more thing. They keep changing who they vote for. It's not like they stuck to Jim Jordan, a very respected conservative leader. They didn't even stick to Jim Jordan. They just keep changing. And, and so they don't actually want anything. I, I, it's, and it's, it should be very frustrating to the American people. People should realize there's no nobility in these actions. There's no end game. There's no good that comes of this. You're not showing anyone up. It's, it's, it's completely ridiculous at this point. All right, so that was Dan Crenshaw, congressman out of Texas, right? Do you agree or disagree? Well, I disagree with probably everything he just said. First of all, it's not a democracy, Mr. Crenshaw. It's a republic. And as long as we continue to call the United States a democracy... 
we're going to be dictated to by the political elite like he wants us to. That's my thought. I think Dan Crenshaw, I respect his service to the country wholeheartedly. I don't dislike the guy. I think he's a decent guy and he means well and he believes what he believes. I just simply disagree. And I think that's okay in America. You can disagree with politicians and still like them. I I respect the guy. However, I disagree with him. Stop saying democracy. It's a republic. Also, in a republic, these things happen. It's happened before. That's why they're talking about 1920 or 1923. That's why they're talking about 1800s. This has happened before in the United States. It's just now happening because the Republican Party is changing, number one. Number two, the new Republican Party, the Republicans that we all see now that he thinks is just trying to get uh, FaceTime on television, they believe in God, family, country like myself, right? God first, family and then country. They don't want to spend a trillion dollars for an omnibus bill that's not going to get the American people where we need to be. We're going to be giving this money away. Did you hear about, I think it was, I'm going to look this up real quick. All right, so the United States government spent $118,000. I believe it was to Georgia Georgia Tech, right? They spent $118,000 to study that Thanos couldn't snap his fingers while wearing the Infinity Gauntlet. Remember the Marvel movie, Endgame, where he snaps his fingers and then they all just turn to pixelated dust? So this article is from 15 News uh, by Julian Barron. Right, And it says the U.S. federal government funded a study that determined the Marvel supervillain Thanos would not have been able to snap his fingers in the movie Avengers Infinity War, a new report from Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. He revealed that last week, right? So this is the type of stuff that some of the folks on the Freedom Caucus are trying to avoid with rhino Republicans like Kevin McCarthy. He's a rhino, Republican in name only. He sides a lot with the Democrats, my opinion. Yes, he kisses up to Trump, sure. But he also says bad things about Trump, too. The sounds of silence coming from House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy of California after audio was released as part of a new book from New York Times reporters Jonathan Martin and Alexander Burns, where McCarthy tells fellow Republicans he has had it with President Trump and planned to urge him to resign. Previously, McCarthy and a spokesperson denied the claim, McCarthy saying the reporting was false and wrong. But now the Times reporters have released audio of an alleged exchange reportedly from a January 10th call hosted by Wyoming Congresswoman Liz Cheney, who is now vice chair of the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attacks. Are you hearing that he might resign? Is there any reason to think that might happen? I've had a few discussions. My gut tells me no. Um, I'm seriously thinking of having that conversation with him tonight. I haven't talked to him in a couple of days. Um, 
Cheney's spokeswoman denies that she recorded the conversation or that she leaked the audio and does not know how reporters got it. The audio later revealing McCarthy's concerns Trump would face impeachment and perhaps removal from office by the Senate. The only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass and it would be my recommendation we should be done. Um, I mean, that would be my take, but I don't think he would take it, but I don't know. Then a public pivot. The congressman seen visiting Mar-a-Lago just three weeks after January 6th. McCarthy was asked to cooperate with the January 6th committee, but refused. That committee now prepping to question Donald Trump Jr. believed to be among their final interviews as they prepare for public hearings. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington. So there was that little news story, but Trump endorsed McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Matt Gates, however, a Florida representative, he voted for former President Donald Trump as Speaker of the House. Gates. Donald John Trump. So Gates stood up and voted for Trump to be Speaker of the House. Matt, Trump's not even in office. How can that happen? Well, it's because the... Speaker of the House doesn't have to be elected as the Constitution does not explicitly state that the Speaker must be an incumbent member of the House. It is permissible for representatives to vote for someone who is not a member of the House at the time. That's just fact. And a non-members have received a few votes in the past. So, folks... I will be the Speaker of the House. You you can pay me what you want. And as a Speaker of the House, I will make sure that what America needs, America get. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Lord, lots of stuff going on around the world, folks. What else do we have on this first edition of 2023? Let's play an 11-minute clip of Tucker Carlson. Why not? Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Kevin McCarthy's continued attempt to become Speaker of the House continues at this hour. The House is expected to take another vote late tonight. You'll see it live here on Fox, of course. But first, an anniversary. Two years ago today, a Capitol Hill police officer called Michael Byrd shot an unarmed woman in the neck. At the time of that killing, Byrd had a documented history of gross negligence with a firearm. He left a loaded Glock pistol in a public men's room at the Capitol, which for a law enforcement official is a firing offense. But for some reason, Michael Byrd was still in the force that day. The woman he killed was called Ashley Babbitt. Babbitt was a married 14-year veteran of the U.S. military. She ran a pool cleaning company with her husband in San Diego. Physically, she was tiny. She was also unarmed. Michael Byrd later admitted he had no indication at all that Babbitt was carrying a weapon. She posed no visible threat. He killed her anyway. Under normal circumstances, Byrd would have been fired immediately and charged with murder, which he clearly committed. But that's not what happened. After doing essentially no investigation into the shooting, Nancy Pelosi's congressional police force declared Byrd a national hero, and the media strongly agreed. Byrd went on television to accept accolades and to complain about racism. He was never punished for killing Ashley Babbitt. He was rewarded for it. Ashley Babbitt's mother, meanwhile, got a very different sort of treatment. Babbitt's mother was arrested today in Washington by the Capitol Police. Her crime? 
trying to hold a memorial service for her daughter. Two years later, it's clear that Ashley Babbitt is, her death is by far the most significant thing that happened at the U.S. Capitol building that day. But at the same time, it is the least talked about event of January 6th. Why is that? Well, because the facts about what actually happened on January 6th disrupt the lies. What they've told you happened on January 6th. And those lies have proven very useful to the Biden administration and to permanent Washington. On the basis of a wholly created myth about what happened that day, the Biden Pentagon conducted an unprecedented political purge of the entire U.S. military. The FBI and various intel agencies increased their control over the American media. And most obviously, the DOJ has been allowed to prosecute and jail hundreds of nonviolent political protesters whose crime was having the wrong opinions. Lies about January 6th, which have been relentless, have enabled some of the most unscrupulous people in our country to make a mockery of our Bill of Rights and to steal our core freedoms. So they can't talk about Ashley Babbitt. Talking about Ashley Babbitt makes it very clear who the real culprits are and who the real threats to this country continue to be. And they're not the January 6th protesters. So instead, they lie about what happened that day, and they do it in the boldest possible ways, without shame and with maximum aggression. Here's Hakeem Jeffries, leader of the Democrats in the House, telling you that five police officers were killed on January 6th, when in fact the real total is zero. We are gathered here to honor their memory and acknowledge with deep gratitude the tremendous bravery of the hundreds of officers who defended us at this citadel of democracy that fateful day. As a result of the events on January 6th, the lives of five heroic officers were lost. Five heroic officers were lost, he said. It's almost impossible to believe that adults could stand behind him as he said that, because everyone in the picture you just saw knows that is not true. It's not a stilted interpretation of events. It's a flat-out lie. No police officers were killed on January 6th, period. Ashley Babbitt was killed on January 6th. But chances are your grandchildren will not know that because history will likely record the lie you just heard as true simply because it's been repeated so often. Everyone in authority has said the same thing in unison for two solid years. As our thoroughly dishonest attorney general recently put it, quote, we will never forget the five officers who responded selflessly on January 6th and who, have, and who have since lost their lives. His boss, Joe Biden, repeated that lie today from the White House. These people and the people representing those who couldn't be here because they gave their lives for this did is incredibly consequential. And that's not political talk. That's historical fact. That's historical fact, says Joe Biden, as he manufactures history, as he tells lies. They've been doing this, telling these same lies since the very first day, January 6th, 2021, almost like it was a coordinated operation. Remember when they told you that Brian Sicknick, Officer Brian Sicknick, was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher? Officer Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the hours-long attack. They beat 
a Capitol Police officer to death with a fire extinguisher. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the fight. He died at the age of 42 after he was bludgeoned with a fire extinguisher. That's not true. And in the end, thanks to the medical examiner in the District of Columbia, we learned the fact which is that Brian Sicknick died of a stroke well after the January 6th protests. He was not beaten to death with a fire extinguisher. But that did not stop their lying or even slow them down. Joe Biden just awarded one of this country's highest civilian honors, the Presidential Citizens Medal, to officers working on January 6th. And that would include the officers who opened the doors of the Capitol building to the so-called insurrectionists. The officers who let them inside and then were rewarded for it by the President of the United States. What's going on here, you may wonder? Well, don't ask. You're not allowed to know what's going on here. Nor can you know about the very obvious clandestine role of federal agencies that encouraged the events of January 6th. That happened, but its details have never been explained. A lot has still not been explained from that day, despite a committee that was impaneled for more than a year. For example... You remember the pipe bomber who planted explosives outside the Democratic National Committee? Well, those explosives, it turns out, were under a bench at the same moment that Kamala Harris, who had Secret Service protection with her, who swept the building, was there. So how did the U.S. Secret Service miss a bomb sitting in plain sight during its security sweep? Well, we can't answer that because the FBI still, to this day, refuses to release all the security footage. Why? What's going on here? Almost unique among media outlets, Revolver News asked that question. The pipe bomber even looks at camera to head on for some reason. It's very frustrating because we can't see the moment the pipe bomber plants the pipe bomb, but the FBI can. That's because the whole scene should be captured on camera one as well and much more clearly than camera two. Camera one has a clear shot of both benches. If the FBI released the full tape from camera one, we could see the pipe bomber planting the bomb. So somebody planted bombs outside the headquarters of this country's two main political parties. That would seem to be a big story. And yet no one ever mentions it again, including the FBI. In fact, the Bureau won't disclose any information about the suspect. Not his height, weight, shoe size, anything. So if they wanted to catch this person... Wouldn't they be telling you all they can about who it is? But they're not. Why aren't they? And what was Kamala Harris doing there? Why did she lie about being there? We can't answer those questions. We should be able to. Nor does anyone in authority want to talk about Ray Epps. Ray Epps, of course, is the man who was caught on tape encouraging the crowd outside the Capitol, both on January 5th and 6th, to commit felonies by rushing inside. Now, what's interesting is that the January 6th committee, under public pressure, did in the end interview Ray Epps. Now, we don't have all of the committee's records about that interview. We should, but we don't. But some uh, have been released, and what they tell is a remarkable story. In the testimony that we have, the committee coaches Ray Epps on how to answer questions about his involvement. Quote, I was in the front with a few others. I also orchestrated it. I helped get people there. End quote. Now, Epps admitted that in a text message to a relative on January 6th. He's admitting crimes. He's never been even charged for those crimes. But what's so fascinating is that when those facts came up in his interview with the committee, 
Someone on the committee responds this way, and we're quoting. I just want to understand a little more your use of the word orchestrated. It sounds to me like at this point, when you sent this text, you had turned away in part because of seeing some things that you didn't agree with. Is that right? Like when you sent this, you were already on your way from the Capitol because of concerns of people taking it in a different direction. <laughs> Is that the most leading question ever asked in the history of a congressional hearing? Probably. And the whole interview goes on like this. Keep in mind, Ramps is one of the only people caught on camera that day encouraging others to break the law. He's one of the only ones. And yet he's never been charged. And the January 6th committee was on his side. Why was the committee and its members working so hard to help Ray Epps? Now, in his interview with the committee, Rayep said he didn't work for law enforcement. Law enforcement, in a very specifically worded answer, clearly thought through ahead of time. The question is, did Rayep's work or have any contact with any government agency? Did he talk about January 6th, before it happened, with any employee of the U.S. government? We don't know. We do know that two years after January 6th, long after an awful lot of other people have gone to jail for walking around the Capitol building, Ray Epps is still a free man. He's never been charged, much less imprisoned in solitary confinement like so many others. So as I record this podcast, it's January 6th. It's the second year anniversary of the riot. I mean, what else can we call it? It was a riot. There were people fighting to get in. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. There were cops letting people in. So it was a confused time. January 6th is all over the map. That January 6th committee was a joke. It was a joke. And I think if Republicans start to investigate this and they set up their own committee, it would be equally one-sided. There needed to be more, more cohesive uh, bipartisanship on that committee. Yeah, uh, we had Matt Kensinger. He was a Republican. He's gone because, well, he, he's a no-Trumper. We had Cheney, Liz Cheney. She was on the committee, but she was a never-Trumper as well. All this stuff happens for a reason, folks. There's a lot of things we can talk about on January 6th that I won't drone on about that you already know because you pay attention to what's going on. That's why you listen to this podcast. But Ray Epps, he did incite some things. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Tomorrow? I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say it. We need, we need to go. I'll say it. All right. We need to go in. Shut the fuck up, Boomer. To the Capitol. Face fed person? Yeah. We need to go into the Capitol. I
Saturday, but one more thing. Yeah, sir, can we go up there? No? When we go in. Are we going to get arrested if we go up there? Yeah, we don't need to get shot. All right, so that was just Ray Epps saying we need to go into the Capitol, yet he remains free, and there are hundreds of patriots and probably bad guys in, in, in jail today. I'm sure there's good folks who got caught up all up in this. The gates are open. Oh, I guess we're allowed in now. Okay, I'm in. Hey, this, whoa, everybody's like, there's people smoking pot. There's people screaming and yelling. There's a guy with a, horns on his head. There's another dude holding a podium. I mean, th- this is crazy. Wow, I'm part of this now. Uh, uh, w- there's an, a raid at my house by the FBI. I'm busted for, but the, the, the gates were open. The cops were letting us in. Why am I in trouble now? A lot of things happened on January 6th, and and it's not all out there, not even with a congressional hearing, right? Congressional hearings. It brings me back. Every time I think of this, I think of Waco and all the crap that went down at Waco or Ruby Ridge. Unbelievable, folks. We still believe that uh, the big government has... uh, our best interests in mind. I don't know. So what's going on? We passed the omnibus bill. We're giving billions, hundreds of billions to Ukraine. What's going on in Ukraine and Russia, right? We were the first ones. Truman's Town Hall podcast. Probably the first ones you heard talking about this proxy war that we're in now that will probably turn into World War Three. Be prepared for that. But what's happening? What's going on? He's award-winning journalist and editor-in-chief and founder of the independent investigative news website, The Gray Zone. Please welcome Max Blumenthal. Hey, Max. How you doing, Jimmy? Happy holidays. Happy holidays, yes. Let's start with this story. You tweeted this out. After months in Ukraine training soldiers, retired Colonel Andrew Milburn of the Mozart Group mercenary firm gets sauced on camera and spills the beans. <laughs> you want to hear what he says? So here, this is great. Here, let's let's play it. It's a corrupt, fucked up society. Mm-hmm. Let, you know, what did he say? Ukraine's a what? It's a corrupt, fucked up society. It's a corrupt, <laughs> effed up society. He says, okay. It's a corrupt, fucked up society. Mm-hmm. Let, you know, so I'm not, I'm not a big f- f- fan of uh, Ukraine. Oh, what is that? This is uh, Buffalo Trace. Uh, first of all, I didn't know, uh, I didn't know Tim Robbins drank. Anyway, okay, here we go. <laughs> okay. And the Ukrainians are in violation of um, the hate convention. They, they, there is a, I forget the exact phraseology, but it is, we, we looked at this closely and it's, uh, yeah, they, they should be no filming of uh, the, the phrase, the, the terminology is bringing attention, blah, 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 to media. Um, and yes, the Ukrainians are violating that. So what he's talking about there, Max, he's talking about that they're when they have prisoners of war that they film them and they use them for propaganda and they put them in the front and center in the media. And that's, of course, against the Geneva Conventions and that they're doing that. So that, that would be considered a war crime, right? Yes. That's what he's saying. That's what he's admitting there. Okay. Hold on. In addition to another admission. What was the other admission? 
Well, I think it, it, it's, it's coming it's up. Coming right yeah, up. Here yeah, here it comes. You know, I absolutely this. They and and there are they're filming of a number of things that they're doing with uh, uh, POWs is violating law of law of armed conflict, and you can't, guys. Right, killing Russian prisoners is right, and it's interesting because. In it's funny how hammered he is. <laughs> <laughs> He's really hammered. I've been hammered like that. I think once on camera, maybe twice. Okay, the past in you know either you like Latin America or whatever. If U.S. Uh, forces or employees were involved with any force that committed, you know, yeah. atrocities so or right whatever, back, right? you have to. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. done. Yeah. But we're obviously not going to pull our support from Ukraine at this. Well, so, so Max, what did he just say there? He just said that when this has been widely reported that Ukraine, Ukrainian forces commit atrocities, they execute Russian prisoners, and they often do so on camera for propaganda. And then, you know, his host says, well, you know, in the U.S., if you do this, you're done. But in Ukraine, there's nothing we can do. Uh, so we're just going to keep giving him more weapons to do it. Okay, there's a little bit more of this, I think. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, these oh, violations. It's atrocities. No, yeah. I mean, it still is. I mean, you, you shouldn't kill. You shouldn't kill dudes who. I mean, everyone knows who surrendered. I mean, um, and that, and that guys. Hey, everybody knows. Should, shouldn't kill. You shouldn't kill dudes. You know, surrendered. That, that dude, 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 don't execute the person. Come on, bro. bro I got- All right, that clip was from the Jimmy Dore show. He's a comedian. But he, he, he delves in politics. He's also been on the Joe Rogan experience. I guess they've ran into each other on the comedian circuit, which is awesome. I love comedy. I love watching live comedy. I think it's, I don't know, probably one of my favorite things to do is go watch live comedy. But anywho, Ukraine and Russia, they're still battling it out. It's, it's amazing. Ukraine's getting a lot of money. A lot of weapons, the high Mars and yada, 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 right? But NATO is being drawn into this fight. Like I said at the very beginning, NATO would be drawn into this fight. We'll eventually be a part of it. I see it. There's all this turmoil happening all over the world. Netanyahu was just uh, reelected in Israel. So he's a hard line Look, I, I'm I'm not really for the Palestinians having a free state. Iran is super bad. We're going to attack their butts, right? You got that. You got the China, the Taiwan situation. You had the Azerbaijan situation. You have the Kosovo in, in, in Serbia situation. You have the Syria and Israel situation. You have Saudi Arabia and Yemen. I mean, all these different conflicts around the world there's a fire that's going to be started uh, i mean the the fire started but it's going to spread throughout the world and we are not as the united states just because we have two oceans on either side of us we're not going to be out of the woods on this one i don't believe we are did ukraine strike a russian airbase mm, i can give you answer right now on this question Okay. 
Only after ending of this war. After the war, you can answer that? I think so. What's your reaction to it, even if you don't claim responsibility? Mm, I'm very glad to see this. Yeah. That's my reaction. That's your reaction? You're happy to see it happen? Yeah. Do you think there'll be more? I think so. Inside Russia? Deep inside Russia? Deeper and deeper. And in Crimea? Crimea is a part of Ukraine. It's our territory. We can use any weapon on our territory. Is Putin terminally ill? Of course. He is? Yeah. When? He's still long period. Very long. When do you think he's going to die? I think very fast. Soon? I hope. <laughs> you hope? If he dies, what does that mean? Does someone take his place? What does yeah, that mean for replacement, you? transfer of power. So Putin's death doesn't necessarily mean the end of this war for you? This war should be ended before he's dying. It will end before he dies? Before. What's he sick with? Cancer? Mm, yeah. He has cancer? We think it's cancer. You think it's cancer? Why do you think he's sick? The answer is very simple. We know it. You know it? You yes. just know it? From we intelligence? just know it. From evidence? From human sources. From human sources close with yeah. Putin. Are Bradley armored fighting vehicles on their way from the US? Yeah, we're waiting for them. Why do you need them? It's a main, uh, main vehicle for any infantry unit. Uh, that's why we need it. And up until now, you haven't had them? Not enough, because uh, a huge uh, count of these, uh, I mean, infantry fighting vehicles, which we have uh, in our army, was destroyed uh, from period of uh, 2014 till now. But now you've been promised that they are coming. Yeah, we're waiting for them. Dos you know, You know what this reminds me of? All this Russia-Ukraine stuff, and maybe Russia attacks the U.S. eventually with uh, Iran and China. I don't know. Is that the new axis of evil? Iran, China, and Russia? You know what it reminds me of, though?
kids, huh? Mama'd be real proud. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why the Russians will never attack America. Anyone who... China, you you can't attack America. Anyone who attacks the United States would be foolhardy in doing so. Why? Because we have a lot of guns and we play with them all the doggone time. The boys you send in, they're not going to make it. I don't care how hard they are. If they're from Chechnya and they wrestle bears, I don't care. Our guns are a little better than that. Our aim is a little better than that. It just so happened I took my son out and a buddy and, you know, we just went trap shooting. And we went with dudes who had modified their weapons considerably. Automatic shotguns. I took an eight. Uh, a Remington 870 pump shotgun out trap shooting with a bunch of fellas who do it all the time. And I was smoking them. Anyway, but they were all real good too. And they all have, they know how to modify all these weapons. I'm not a gunsmith, right? I just took a basic 870 out there. These guys have like all kinds of different mechanisms on there. Anyway, folks, the United States, we love guns. We love, a lot of us, we love guns. And we shoot often. And we stockpile ammunition. And, and we were like, what's, okay, you buy a gun. Like, I just bought a new gun. And you're like, oh, okay, what's the next one? What's the next one I'm going to get? That's the U.S. You got one, you played with it. Okay, I'm good at that gun. What's the next one I'm going to play with? 6.5 Creedmoor sniper rifle. Ooh, that that sounds good. That's actually my my next purchase. I'm going to get a 6.5 Creedmoor. I'm kind of looking around to see what model I want, but I know I want it chambered in 6.5. I know it for a fact. I'm going to pick up an ACOG that I used in Afghanistan for the AR I already built. Right? We build our guns. We we make our own ammunition, reloaders. I mean, we study outdoorsmanship, primitive skills. When I go out camping in the spring with my boys, we go to a primitive campground because that's how we like to live. Cook over the fire. Learn how to do this stuff. We're ready. And that's why. Because of the two oceans and because we're, as Americans, pretty rough. We like, you know, they see online, you know, Somebody transitioning or doing all this little fancy liberal bull crap. Those folks, yeah, they'll crumble. Some of them. Some of them won't. Some of them. <laughs> there might be a dude in a dress fighting right beside us during World War III. I don't know. It's possible. <sighs> Crazier things have happened in America. See, America, I, I want to go on a limb. I think it was God-given. I think God wants America. It's his design. Or it wouldn't be here. Yeah, we're young, but hey, we're still America. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for downloading this episode. 
Uh, we're going to do a lot on Truman's Town Hall. Uh, follow us over on the Facebook page, Truman's Town Hall Podcast Facebook page. We're going to do some man on the street. I'm going to pay a lot of attention. I didn't get into it tonight, but uh, I'm going to pay a great bit of attention to the State House up in Columbus. Uh, my guy didn't get into the governorship. Uh, we got Rhino DeWine up there, but uh, hey, there's some pretty good conservative congressmen in Ohio. So I'll be watching that. I'm going to do some broadcast live up there. I'm going to see if that fellow from Ohio Gun Owners <laughs> ever makes it up there. I have, I don't know, maybe one day I'll talk about it. They still owe me a t-shirt, by the way. So if you talk to one of the door brothers, let them know. Hey, Doc Truman, Matt, Matty, Matt Truman needs that t-shirt. That's why I joined up. I was excited about a t-shirt. Never got it. Even got an email from us. Hey, what size are you and where can we send it? And I sent it back and still didn't get my t-shirt from Ohio Gun Owners. Anyway, we'll see. I want to talk to some folks up at the state house. Some some of the the elected officials at the state house to see how, how often some of those folks at Ohio Gun Owners actually influence legislation. I want to know for sure. Anyway, I'm not hating on them. I'm just saying I'm a little bitter about not getting my T-shirt because I wanted to support that. I love guns. You guys know that. And I wanted to support folks like that. I don't care if they're from Idaho. <sighs> anyway, I'm Matt Truman. Matt, Doc Truman on all the social sites. Truman's Town Hall podcast on Facebook. But everywhere else, it's Matt, Doc Truman, YouTube, and the like. Rumble. Spotify. Truman's Town Hall. Anyway, I'll talk to you later, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Please share with a friend. Cause I've seen it